Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Today's episode is brought to you by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition. Their brand of clinically researched products helps support overall health. Do you want to burn fat, build lean muscle, improve strength, increase energy and vitality, help with pain relief? Go to www.thecowboyway.com. Register to get your personal discount code. Take the bull by the horns and use the brand that cowboys love. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, Super excited to have a fellow Arizonian on the podcast today. Now, uh, you know, this podcast is called The Modern Cowboy, and we feature, you know, primarily mostly cowboy stuff, but I do like to, to deviate to, to different uh, subjects and, and different um, professions uh, as, as they come up. Uh, my guest I have today, Adam Banton, I met him uh, at a farmer's market and, uh, he actually had a booth there with his wife and they have a granola um, company that they started and they were selling their granola, which is absolutely amazing. I'll let Adam tell us all about that. But, you know, today we're going to kind of focus on, uh, you know, Adam, his career as a professional BMX rider um, and our state of Arizona, because, you know, Adam and I both have that in common. Uh, the thing about Arizona for, for me, as most people know, uh, you know, it is, it is the wild west, but th my sport is team roping, which I absolutely love. And I just looked the other day, uh, on one of the calendars for the team roping capital of the world, um, Facebook page, and it showed the calendar and there's 300 team ropings in the month of March alone. So that's a great reason for, for, uh, team ropers and, and cowboys that are into our sport uh, to be in Arizona. But, uh, Adam's going to share with us what's so great about Arizona also in terms of, uh, BMXing and so so on and so forth. So, anyway, without further ado, uh, I'd just like to welcome Adam to the podcast. And Adam, how's it going today? It's going great, Dan. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. Yeah, or, I'm, I'm Doctor Dan. Doctor yeah. Dan, I should say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, it's great to have you on, man. Like I said, you know, we met uh, at the uh, farmers market there. And, um, you had a granola product. Yep. We just, we just kept talking over a few weekends of being there and I just thought it'd be great to have you on. So, uh, I, before we started recording today, I, I actually did not know your age. And when you told me I was shocked. So, and you did tell me <laughs> you're, you're 43, which is, is yep. amazing. And I've seen your videos on, uh, you know, uh, social media and the stunts and tricks and everything you do on bikes is just crazy. Uh, and uh, I mean, at, at any age are crazy, but at 43, I'm, you're kind of like the, um, oh, Tom Brady of BMXing, um, I would say, uh, but hey, thank you. <laughs> hey, if, if you, if you would, um, you know, I mean, BMXing, it's an extreme sport. Uh, it takes a lot of talent, a lot of skill. Uh, there's all kinds of uh, dangers in doing, uh, doing it. Um, tell us how you got started and, um, you know, what's helped you, uh, you know, have a career as long as you have had. Yeah. Um, well, I grew up in Virginia on the East coast and, um, no sidewalks kind of grew out in the, in the, in the country area of Virginia and, uh, no sidewalks or anything like that, you know, at the time. 
I wanted, I, I actually grew up with horses. We had horses for a while and, um, found out horses weren't my thing. Uh, my parents loved them. And, um, I always wanted a dirt bike, you know, it was just like my friends had dirt bikes or like three wheelers or quads or something. And I just wanted the two wheeled thing, like always appealed to me. So, um, I wanted a dirt bike and kept asking for one. And my parents answer was consistent and it was always too dangerous or too expensive. Yeah. So I, I don't know, at some point, I think 12 or 13, pretty young, I just gave up on, on asking them and stuff and um, was like, well, I got a BMX bike and I'm going to pretend it's kind of like a dirt bike, motorcycle, you know? So I just started making dirt jumps and stuff and, um, but didn't really know like, like other people did that and and this was also like way back when like action sports was like super small and and just bmx was totally like a southern california type lifestyle thing that little me didn't even know existed at the time and um and i just uh i was watching tv one night and saw bmx on tv and and it's it was really rare to see it on bmx bmx on tv like this was like late 80s you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so um it, you can catch it on tv you know here and there now but uh back then it was really rare and it was like these guys doing like a demo um in washington dc or something and it was like it was literally like seven seconds or something you know and mm-hmm. and i was like that's it that's what i want to do like that's what I've been trying to mimic in the backyard with a shovel and dirt jumps and, you know, like didn't even know you could make wooden ramps and stuff and, and all that. So that was kind of like my moment where it like clicked and everything. And, um, and I slowly like through high school and stuff, uh, I was lucky enough where I had parents that were supportive of, of me, like, with this new weird passion thing uh, that I really wanted to pursue. And, um, they had no idea it was going to last this long, of course. And, uh, but you know, my dad helped me build ramps and stuff and, and, you know, growing up on, grew up on like four acres or whatever, like, and no real neighbors or whatever. So we had plenty of room to like build ramps and whatever. So, um, and really that just like steered me for the next like 25 years really i mean through through injuries and everything but um that was like a that's how i got started really you know and um it's it's changed a lot and everything but really like the same principles of why i started back then still kind of apply to to this day yeah so now when did when did you realize that you were uh, or when did you turn pro? When when did you realize, hey, I can you know make kind of yeah. make a living at this deal? Yeah. So I was I was kind of like a late bloomer. Um, I think I was 26 before I got to the point where um, I was pro or or felt pro in like was got like a first paycheck from a company for just ride my bike, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so 2026 20, was, and I didn't think, you know, I didn't think it was going to happen. And it wasn't like it was something where I was like, 
I'm going to keep doing this until it happens or should I quit because it's not going to happen type thing. It was just part of who I am and my life and everything. And um, I just want to keep doing it, you know, and I was doing a lot of um, demos and in, in shows and stuff um, at the time, just to have income coming and, and it kept me traveling too. And I was lucky to be connected with um, people booking some cool, cool gigs and stuff, you know, like doing shows. Um, like when I say shows, I mean like demonstrations, you know, like demos. Um, well, they'll have ramps and stuff. You might see them. I mean, I've done lots of them at like county fairs and stuff right. where they'll have a rodeo there too, you know, and, and yeah. we're, we're like entertainment and stuff. But I mean, I've done shows at um, Universal, Universal Studios in Florida, Knott's Berry Farm in California, um, Euro Disney in Paris for two months. Um, done like weird private corporate type gigs, like inside hotel, like conference rooms for <laughs> like, um, like just big corporations. And we're like the literally like a seven, not even like five minute choreographed demo type thing like like you know like a five minute break or something in between seminars they might be having or something so right um some weird weird stuff you know that that stuff isn't uh typical but um it all kind of like it kept money coming in my pocket and stuff and it kept me traveling and stuff through the years until i could um i was lucky enough you know in between those shows and traveling and whatnot i was like working on filming video parts and um, this was when, you know, pre YouTube takeover and everything. So, um, I was able to do a lot of filming for like, you know, DVDs and, and stuff like that and just networking really and stuff. And, um, and, and also lucky enough, I should state that, uh, I, even when I was younger, I was not a good, I wasn't a strong contest writer mm-hmm. and I was, I was always bummed on that cause I would get nervous the night before and stuff. And I definitely like entered contests and stuff but I, I was never I didn't have like go for the gold type attitude or whatever I was just really enjoying you know if the contest was on a Saturday I would show up Thursday night and then leave like maybe Monday morning I would enjoy like that whole time and just just really soaking in the BMX culture and everything instead of just like worrying about practice and everything and um so uh, but in hindsight, a lot of that helped me out. I feel like it kind of helped extend my shelf life as a pro because mm-hmm. I wasn't looked, I'm not looked at as like, oh, he's an old contest writer who used to do good in contests. Now I'm just like, oh, he's just been around forever and he's always <laughs> riding, you know, and like, and he's still doing it and, and still filming or, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's, but yeah, late bloomer, I, I would say, you know. Well, you know, and, and onto the, thing, the scene. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that some of the tricks that I've seen you do now, they're, they're like you know crazy, and and I've seen some of the mountain biking stuff too. That that yeah you know, is is crazy too. Is that something you just mm-hmm. recently got into in the mountain biking or? Yeah, um, it is, and and you know, it's weird. Like I got a mount, like it's kind of natural for a lot of BMX guys to like eventually get a bigger bike especially like full suspension because 
you have all that suspension, like absorbing mm-hmm. any hard, hard drops, or if you want to start jumping it or whatever. And BMX does translate over well, like skill wise to the right. big bikes. Right. And, um, and they're fun, you know, like you're still out, you're still like getting a lot of the same feel, um, in some ways, depending on what you, what you like to ride in BMX, you can get, still get that feel and satisfaction from a big bike. But I kind of got onto um, a mountain bike pretty late, really, just in the last like year and a half, two years. And it's definitely something that's grown on me and everything. And um, it's cool because I, I feel like I get a workout, you know, I, I keep my legs strong and everything. And um, still get outside and I might be a little burned out on the BMX, you know, mm-hmm. from riding a lot the past week or whatever, but I can hop on a mountain bike and still go out and try to find spots to ride like empty, empty ditches or canals, stuff like that. I can go kind of scout them out on the mountain bike and still feel like I'm productive, you know, and right. get that, get a little bit of a, a lake workout or whatever and, and, and be outside and enjoy being outside, you know? Yeah, it's very cool. Now, um, in terms of, I mean, at 43, you know, some of the tricks and stuff that, you, that you're doing now, uh, are, are you adding new tricks to it uh, still even now? Um, and, 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 and how about your agility and balance and all that? I mean, you, you just, you still yeah. feel like you're still on top of your game as you were back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good question. And it's funny because I ask myself, that question often mm-hmm. you know i'm like you know as far as like am i like have i talked myself into something am i like <laughs> am i like you know drinking your own kool-aid at the level i want yeah drinking my own kool-aid or whatever <laughs> but um i mean i think so because also like so i've kind of always um tried to do my own thing and and do my own style of riding BMX which which definitely lends itself to the more technical side of riding and um and then throwing my own little imagination and twist on to certain tricks and and maybe coming up with trying to come up with a couple tricks of my own or whatever on top of that so so yeah I mean I feel like I'm still doing that part for sure like I still have tons of ideas in my head that I want to go out and practice and, and film, you know, whether it's just for Instagram or for a next web edit that I'm going to put on YouTube. But I do feel like I'm still progressing for sure. And, uh, you know, you got to pick your battles for sure. Like falling and stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I ride, I ride a lot of like cement, uh, just really cement anything, whether it's like a cement skate park or, or empty swimming pools or ditches it's all cement so when you fall you know you feel it it's not like falling on on dirt or plywood you know plywood gives it still hurts but like if you're on wooden ramps like it it definitely isn't uh it's more forgiving than than cement or asphalt you know and um doesn't have to be a nasty you know super bad crash but just looping out on your butt you know you'll be like oh yeah, I'm gonna walk this off for a minute. I got Charlie horse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do feel like I do feel like I'm I'm still progressing in my own way, kinda like I always have. So and that's fulfilling, you know, and and 
and it makes me happy and I kind of gauge everything on um am I still having fun doing this am I still enjoying it you know yeah absolutely well and I, and I am yeah yeah and it's obvious too uh, just looking at the tricks you do now in in terms of like you know tactical difficulty and and skill and just uh, all of it I, I just look at it and and like i say man i, I was just because when i met you i thought maybe you were like i don't know maybe 28 you know 29 something like that so when, <laughs> when you told me how yeah. old you were, i was thank I was you really, really surprised but so it's speaking yeah. of that though speaking of falling and stuff what what's the what's the worst injury you've had from bmx um so let's see i don't i mean probably um there's two one i mean both of them one was you know pretty early like early teens i i blew out my knee mm-hmm. and um blew it, it you know blew the acl uh ligament in it and it was at a time when that surgery was still like totally like in its infancy like, <laughs> yeah to say the least to, yeah. to where it is now you know i mean they would cut you wide open and they would like come in with chisels and hammers and stuff and um and and i i was like 15 i think when i first blew it out and i was just like not surrounded by people that had gone through it before or whatever and so i had like doctors like literally a doctor telling me like i'd stop riding my bike yeah and you know i'm just like I told my parents, I'm like, I want to see another doctor, you know, like this guy, I want to see somebody that's telling me this, you know, like, right. So, um, so that, that led to me getting a knee brace and me popping my knee out literally like so many times that I just shredded. And this is what the doctors told me later. I found out, I never knew this, but I popped my knee out so many different times that because I didn't have ACL, I went like six years without an ACL and I was like skinny. So I didn't have like that muscle, like the hamstrings, quads and stuff to stabilize my knee as much as I needed Mm -hmm. um, for what I was doing without an ACL that um, I shredded nerve endings. And, and cause every time I pop it out, I would like, I guess like rip more of the nerve endings and it would hurt. But the more I pop it out, the less it would hurt unless I landed on it. So at the, at the, Worst, I guess, is like if I got in the back seat of a car, and I don't know why it's the back seat of a car. I just remember this, and like my foot would get caught up on the base of the seatbelt mm-hmm. for the driver's side. I remember I would that would always be a problem because my foot would get caught up on that, and my muscles were relaxed, and my knee would just like fall out of place. Oh. It wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt because there wasn't any pressure on it, and I didn't have any. The, all the nerve endings were like dead. So, um, I mean, you tell me if this, this sounds accurate or not. I don't know. Maybe the doctors were just, but saying something that I didn't understand, but, um, so, uh, so I eventually got the knee. I fu- eventually got, um, a really good surgeon in San Diego, uh, to, um, do the ACL reconstructive surgery and everything. Um, and it's fine now, you know, but as far as like, so that was one injury that I just feel like it was just a long thorn in my side to get to the point from when I blew it out initially to educating myself and 
finding a surgeon and, and meeting the right people to lead me to somebody that was like, yeah, let's get you fixed up. You know, yeah, you'll be, you you know, just all positive, really good positive things to say, what you want to hear from any doctor or surgeon. Uh, so that's one. And then the other one would be, um, I broke my, my tibia, fibia and my ankle all at once. It was a spiral break from the ankle all the way up and, um, pretty nasty break. Uh, same leg as my knee, uh, right leg. And, um, that one was pretty gnarly because, um, there was nerve damage, different nerves, but a lot of nerve damage on that because my foot was like totally backwards, pretty nasty. Uh, and, um, I thought I just broke my ankle. I was, you know, everything went numb. I like flopped my leg around. I just started yelling to my buddies happened in North Carolina and, um, went to the hospital and, uh, you know, um, because I had so much nerve damage when I broke it. Um, I found out later, my parents told me that the doctors on the phone, my parents were in Virginia I was in North Carolina at the hospital and they were calling my parents, consulting with my parents saying like, you know, he has a lot of, a lot of bad nerve damage and stuff. Um, and they were, they didn't know what to do and they used the word amputate. Oh, and I don't know in what context exactly, but they did use that word, something about the nerves being so, so torn and stuff. And, think stuff was just really mangled, I guess. And, um, but luckily they, you know, they, that wasn't the case. Um, but that leg break definitely was the leg break actually was a pretty big turning point in my life. Um, I was in, I was in college at the time and, um, first semester, just community college, but, you know, was going to, was going to try to do school for a while. And, uh, I made it, (laughs) uh, first week into the second semester and that injury happened and I had to drop out, um, move back home. I was like confined to a bed for like the first month. And then that injury pretty much took 12, 12 months to heal. No kid. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't, they set my leg, but they didn't operate or put in rods or anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that, is the preferred method apparently, but that is why it took so long to heal. So, um, you know, didn't go to, didn't go back to school after that. Um, actually had a buddy from Florida who hooked me up with a job, which at the time I was like, this is a one in a lifetime opportunity. Can't turn it down. Um, I got a job to do demos at SeaWorld in Ohio of all places. Uh, it's just like a summer gig type thing. So right. I was like, heck yeah. I mean, I definitely went through some soul searching at that time when I was healing, you know, right. um, you know, I was years away from any paying sponsors or anything like that. Or like, you know, maybe I had like, I'd like, you know, maybe a couple of photos in the magazine that time or something, but it was like definitely the biggest injury to date at that time. And, um, was a pretty big deal. So Yeah. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions, and NFR qualifiers. 
But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at fsrcattlecompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. When did you finally get your first your first paycheck from uh, or decent paycheck from sponsor or gig? Um, 2001. And um and and keep in mind decent paycheck is all relative right but <laughs> right you know uh bmx is a very wide range of um money floating around and if you're lucky enough where you can have like a long career and track some of that money down then you've like hit a very small percentage of uh the people in it but um but 2001 really which is uh ironic because that's the same year that i got my acl uh surgery so and um it was with schwinn bicycles and uh they went bankrupt they filed for chapter 11 10 months into my contract with them and i blew my knee out for the first and last time before I got, or the last time before I got surgery on it, uh, like, I don't know, six months into my contract or something. So, um, but it all ended up pretty good financially. You know, they, there were some good people trying to take care of the team, uh, that had contracts with them and everything. And then I just happened to be hurt, um, on top of that kind of chaos going on. But, um, I would say two, yeah, 2001 really was, um, I would say the, the first, first year. Yeah. So it is. So basically you have definitely had a passion for it because it hasn't been easy, uh, for you up to that point with injuries and, uh, and, and everything else. Uh, but, but you stayed, yeah. you stayed the course and, uh, since that time have, have still stayed the course, uh, which, which just indicates, you know, your passion and love for what you're doing. Yeah. It's, for better or for worse, it's just something that like, I just, you know, really, especially the, 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 this might be true of just, you know, getting older and just experiencing more of life and stuff. But like, I realized that, you know, how one, how lucky I am, you know, to be right. doing, to be able to do what I've been doing and everything and not be spending, you know, 50 hours a week in a cubicle of a job that I don't like, which I've definitely had jobs, you know, that I didn't like through those lean years and stuff. And which just, I think kind of like fueled my fire even more to just keep pushing and everything. And, uh, but yeah, I just feel really lucky that, um, that I can still do this and 
And if the moons have been, you know, the moons have definitely been aligned up and stuff in certain situations for me to, and opportunities have come my way. And I don't take those for granted. And, um, I really just put 110% into opportunities that I see that are unique and feel super special that like, you know, if, if somebody wants to, if, if a brand wants to like give me product and pay me to use it and give them input on and feedback and like spread the word of, of, you know, what their product is and then why wouldn't I want to do that? That's awesome. You know? Absolutely. It's a, it's a unique situation to be in. Absolutely. Now, sp- speaking of products, you, you know, I've talked, you know, and, and uh, you know, er, most people know that, you know, I, I was a chiropractor for many years and I'm very into health and mm-hmm. with some health issues. Um, you obviously too are into health. I mean, you're a professional athlete, uh, but you, know, you and your wife started um, a brand uh, and uh, of granola. Um, why, why don't you tell us about mm-hmm. that? How that how 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 that happened, and 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 how you got going with that? Yeah. Um, so you know, I think like probably a couple, like maybe like five years ago or something, I started to see a shift in how I was looking at everything, as far as like what you know, you're like. I'm, you're always like on uh, my eyes are always open to other brands and companies that might be interested in BMX if they're outside companies or or brands that are in BMX that might be interested in what I do and what I have going on and everything and everything that I stand for. But at some point a couple of years ago, there was a shift in the way I was thinking and it was it was kind of like, okay, Adam, start looking at companies that are you know, if you're going to use a product or if you're going to endorse something or whatever, honestly, like try to like use products that you're going to benefit from instead of, you know, you use a product. And then when that brand is done with you, or if they think you're no good, or you're not doing the cool tricks anymore, or the cool style, they'll get rid of you or whatever. But instead, look at brands that are like trying to where you can almost like, I can invest in myself, you know, and my health really investing in my health was like very top of, of anything above, you know, chasing money or exposure on whatever it is, if it's print or social media or whatever, just, you know, if I'm not healthy, I can't follow my passion and I'm like very passion driven so really like i just started trying to be like okay i'm i'm this age you know i'm late 30s or whatever i want to start looking at brands that where i'm going to benefit from like like mentally and and physically you know so mm-hmm. i started looking at like like health companies and everything and brands that would that i could benefit from as as well as like use their products and everything so so that kind of led me down this, um, I would say next level, like health kick of just really like being in tune with my body. And, you know, um, I go to the gym. I don't consider myself a gym person because I would rather be riding my bike, but I know if I go to the gym and I'm on a good gym schedule, when I get on my bike, I'm going to be feeling so much better. So right. you got back up, you know, and I'm a believer of like, you got back that up with like nutrition as well. So, um, so 
my wife, Jennifer, she started making me granola. Like it was her recipe. It was all like organic ingredients, all super really good stuff. And she started making it for me to bring on trips. Um, so I would have quality calories that would travel easily on road trips, you know, like sometimes, sometimes dinner is at like 1230 at night and you're in like some little town in another state and you don't know what's open, which pretty much nothing healthy is going to be open that late. So um, sometimes it's really hard, really hard to, to eat on the road. And, you know, I, I'm just blasting through calories and stuff. And um, sometimes you're sleeping on the floor too. So if you're not eating good, you know, you're, you're sharing a hotel room with like four other dudes and you gotta, you know, and being, being an older rider and stuff like, you know, like I I want my sleep, you know, I want to eat good and stuff. So, um, so she started making me that granola and everything. And, um, and you know, it's, it's as simple as like, um, family, she started making it for family members and then, um, coworker, coworkers found out about it somehow and they started buying it from her to make it and stuff. And it became this thing with, within our, both of our families and stuff of like our granola. And, uh, and then, you know, somebody was like, you guys should sell this like to everybody and stuff. So kind of threw the idea around for a while. And, and to me, it was kind of like a cool thing. I'm like, you know, I can start here. I can start a brand that I can get behind that I'm investing in myself that I would look outside to other brands that I would endorse or whatever. But this is my brand too, that I get to build up and do the same thing that I've been doing for all these companies, you know, through the years and see their success and stuff. I'm like, I want to give it a shot on something that is our brand, you know, and, and something that we believe in too. And, um, and that's how the biker and baker granola really got started. Um, I started getting on more and more. I started getting on anti-inflammatory diet. So I came up with our uh, golden granola, which we call it. And that's, a, that's the turmeric and black pepper and golden raisin flavors. Yeah, which, so, which, um, which is very good, by the way, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but that's really, yeah, that's, that's how, that's kind of the story of the biker and baker really just came from, from Jennifer, just like trying to get me to like eat good when I'm traveling and stuff and, and going through so many calories and stuff, but still keeping, um, that anti-inflammatory diet and, uh, feel like I'm not starving every single day when I'm on the road, you know, traveling and stuff. Yeah. And then you guys have, I mean, it's, you developed into a, you know, it's a full, basically, I mean, a full blown brand and your packaging and everything is beautiful. You guys are in a few stores now, right? Or are you, um, yeah, we, we are, we're, you know, we're, we're happy to be in any retail store that anybody wants to give us a chance. Um, you know, we're small batch. Um, so, and we're all organic ingredients and, you know, the ingredients that we're, we're using our our premium ingredients. So like anything pre-made and packaged that's gonna be healthy for you. Um, you know, it's not not the cheapest granola sitting on shelf, but 
I, I, I mean, by far it's, it's the healthiest, you know, um, just, I know all the ingredients I make it and I know what else people are using out there too. And, um, but yeah, we're, we're just random, uh, just in Arizona right now mm-hmm. at, uh, around the Phoenix area. We're at a place up in Sedona and, um, at a skate park down in Tucson too. But, um, it's kind of hard to track us down, honestly, um, at, on the retail front right now, but, um, that's why we started doing farmer's markets and, um, we will be available online though. Um, I would say late spring, uh, beginning of summer for sure. So we're we're working on that really to just be available to everybody and, you know, have a lot of people in the BMX world that want to support it and everything, but we're trying to, uh, play all the rules here and, you know, keep sales within Arizona until we do all the regulated, regulated stuff to, uh, to do it legally. Oh yeah. Which is happening. Absolutely. It's happening. Very cool. So now, um, are, are you, are you sponsored by, uh, a bike company now? Uh, I just quit, <laughs> um, <laughs> a really long time, uh, bike brand out of North Carolina. Um, I rode for them about 15 years Okay, and, um, we parted ways and, um, I do feel, I do feel like in a lot of different, I have a lot like on the cusp of some things that, um, I wish I could talk about, but I'm just not, it's not finalized yet, but there's a couple exciting things happening. And, um, uh, and one of those could pot is, is a bike thing. And then, um, and then uh one other is um it's kind of like a more of like a nutrition type thing um so good stuff in the works you know and it i can just say that um it feels it feels good to have to be working with like next to good people you know with like-minded people and everything and um and you get that momentum going and stuff and all of a sudden everything feels like stuff is finally like falling in the right places you know and uh and i have a buddy uh a pro mountain bike buddy uh named eric porter he lives up um outside of uh park city in utah and um let's see i think it was 2015 i was talking to him on the phone and i was kind of going through like a little funk with 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 the sponsor too and um and he he's an older dude and he's he always has stuff going on and stuff and just like kind of you know i can i can get stressed out over like silly stuff sometimes and he just seemed real level-headed and stuff and he said to me on the phone one day and the, and i'll never forget this that's why i'm bringing it up now because i'm, I'm kind of saying it for myself as, as well as for anybody else listening too but he was like you know he's like he's like just just give yourself a year. If you can get through a year and just, if things don't fall into place, like, you know, make a decision then regarding like me, like in sponsors or, you know, is this the end quote unquote or whatever? And Mm -hmm. should, you know, should I move on to the next thing or whatever, which, which I've never looked at as like moving on to the next thing as some people look at that, but I'm like a lifer, if you will, you know, with this, with everything. Um, 
but yeah, my buddy, Eric, he was just like, he was just like, just wait a year, you know, like give yourself a year, like have realistic expectations, you know, three months can go by easily. And, you know, for some, sometimes, you know, you wait three months, nothing happens. And then that second week of the fourth month, so many things can fall into place and whatever. So for whatever reason, that's always stuck in my mind. And I, and that's helped me a lot. And, um, I've recently been thinking of that, uh, lately, um, the last couple of months and, and sure enough, like stuff is falling into place again, you know? Yeah. So just gotta be patient and be positive, I guess. Absolutely. Keep, keep, keep pushing forward. Yeah, you bet. And, and obviously it's, it's been working for you cause you've, you've been, you know, uh, a, a pro and still doing what you love uh, at 43 with no signs of you slowing down. So, uh, that's, it's good inspiration for people that, uh, you know, have certain passions and things, uh, such as myself. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you just, uh, you just keep driving towards what, uh, what you love and, and stay on course. And yeah. Uh, and yeah. And be surround yourself with, with, uh, with like people that want to support you, you know, nobody can, you can't do it all. And, and you got to really kind of embrace the people that are going to support support you and your and your passion or your dreams really of what you want to accomplish you know and and before you know it you're you're 43 and you're still riding little kids bikes <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's awesome you know that's awesome and hey we, we've talked a little bit about about arizona um yeah in, in terms of mountain biking uh you know what uh what all does arizona have to to offer in terms of the mountain biking or in the, the bmx i mean and mountain bike, both and for both, really, for both, I, I'm not as familiar. I'm just starting to learn about like all the mountain bike trails and everything, which there's a lot between the Phoenix area and then you go up to Flagstaff and even Prescott and of course Sedona. Sedona's like world renowned, world, des- world, literally like worldwide destination area for mountain biking, which mm-hmm. is something I, I don't, maybe I knew that like before I had a mountain bike and started like, riding and stuff the big bikes but um i mean arizona you know if we get we all just try to make it through the summertime you know and then we live we live for the for the winters and everything and um but yeah there's like so much so much stuff to ride and all for mountain bikes and uh for bmx so some people a lot of people I, i should say probably don't know this about arizona but Arizona in the BMX world has two really amazing things that are very unique to the state that it has going for it. And literally, I kid you not, just a month and a half ago, some Canadians hit me up on Instagram. I did not know them. I didn't know them. They knew me, but they were just like, it was a guy, uh, he runs a distro company up there out of Toronto area. And he was like, Hey, we're in town. It's me and my wife. She rides BMX too. We're on vacation for a week in Arizona. We want to ride ditches. And that's all we want to do. We don't want to go to skate park. We don't want to ride anything at dirt jumps or anything else. We want to ride ditches. So Arizona's canal system basically is what it is, mm-hmm. is, is massive. You know, I, I don't even know how many miles and miles that stretch and it's a whole maze of all these ditches 
for, you know, when it rains. Yep. There's, there's all the area, safe areas for water to flow and everything. Well, 98% of the year, those are dry, you know? Right, right. And uh, so it's kind of a kind of a whole different form of, of riding of, of BMX. And um, some people are super into it and, and it's in all ditches or there's different shapes and sizes and, you know, how steep the wedges are and stuff. And some of them are actually concave, which would be transition, which are, are super unique and good. And um, so Arizona, that's what my Canadian friends, that's all they wanted to ride. And they knew, Arizona was like famous for dry ditches and stuff. So I took them to a bunch of dry ditches and they were like totally ecstatic. They were like so stoked just to be riding all these amazing ditches and stuff. That's and, cool. uh, yeah. Do you now do empty you swimming pools? Oh, yeah. I got mentioned also Go ahead. empty swimming pools. So empty swimming pool, you know, everybody pools are like, you look on, Google on satellite on Google earth or whatever in your neighborhood. And like, you know, one, one out of three houses, no matter what, I swear, like what uh neighborhood income level you're at or whatever, there's a pool, you yeah. know? So, um, it takes money. It takes money to maintain a pool, you know? So if you don't have money to fix your leaking swimming pool or to get it resurfaced, then you drain it. And, Pool riding is like, to me, like one of the funnest things because you take, you can take everything, you know, out of a skate park and, you know, 20 years of riding BMX and you go into a swimming pool and pretty much forget everything that you've learned and you're back to the basics because right. every shape of a swimming pool is differently. And, uh, it's just really fun. You know, you don't have to worry about doing the craziest tricks or whatever it's more about lines of like carving over the light or air in the stairs or the ladder that they'll have in there and then they have like a drain you know you can do stuff over the drain too so um that's another art form if you will of of bmx riding is, is pool riding that is uh heavily used in uh arizona the great state of arizona so pretty pretty amazing very cool so now, um, do you, do you teach, uh, BMX riding or do any training for people coming up or, or are you planning on doing any tours yeah. or anything in the ditches or? Well, I do. Um, so every summer, I, I don't think I've missed a single summer at camp, but there's an action sports camp. It's like world renowned. They've been around since the seventies and they're called, it's called Woodward camp. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they have several of them throughout the country, but, um, the one in California, it's, uh, in a little town called Tehachapi. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's about two hours, two hours outside of Los Angeles in the mountains past the Mojave desert out there. And, um, I've been lucky enough to be a visiting pro, um, there since they opened, um, close, I don't know, 12, 12 years ago, uh -huh. 15 years ago, something like that. So, um, so it's, you know, it's a, it's a summer camp. You, you, you sign up, um, kids get dropped off for a week. They have housing, they have meals provided and everything, and they have the best ramps of any kind of ramps all within 
their uh, property. And I mean, it's a huge area, but you literally have like everything at your disposal, like within no matter what direction, wherever you're standing within 20 feet is a new ramp. <laughs> and it's pretty, pretty incredible place. Meals are provided, you know, you don't do anything, but just ride your bike or skateboard or they, they allow scooters, you know, uh, rollerblades, everybody. And they have a gymna- gymnastic side too. And they started as a gymnastics camp uh, in the late seventies at the original location in Pennsylvania. But I've been a teacher visiting pro there um, for many years. They've always treated me really good. And, um, and you know, I'll just go there and kids ask questions. They want to learn stuff. Um, I'll give them all the tips, you know, I'll show them how to do it. Stuff I've learned little, there's little tricks and stuff, you know, like building blocks um, to kind of help get the confidence level up, especially with the younger kids, you know, they might, they might be, you know, not have like the strength for, for certain stuff. And uh, they might have a super heavy bike. So I might be able to help them out on setting their bike up a little bit better for their weight or for their height or whatever. Very cool. And, uh, for, yeah. So for tours or anything coming up, um, I do have a week long road trip coming up here in the end of May. And, uh, it's going to be with a group of guys and, um, still kind of in the works of who is all going, but, um, pretty much going to meet, I'm going to leave from Phoenix. We'll hit up Palm Springs. There is, um, a really couple really unique spots out there. One, one is an empty swimming pool. Um, and, uh, just kind of work our way West and we actually might end up ending it at um spend a day at woodward camp nice so um and yeah we'll you know i'll be doing social you know blowing out photos and videos social media stuff and i think we're gonna be filming for uh a youtube edit that'll be dropped uh later on very cool well hey adam we're getting to the end of our time here now uh best place for people to follow you um instagram probably or yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Instagram just at Adam Banton. B-A-N-T-O-N. Okay. Perfect. And then you've got a website coming for the, uh, for your granola, correct? Yeah. And that'll be just, uh, the biker and baker.com. Okay. And then you, you guys do have a uh, Facebook page for that right now though. Yeah, we do. We do. And that's, that's the, uh, the biker and baker also. And, um, and uh, we're active on uh, Instagram as well for the Biker and Baker okay. on that. And uh, please, if uh, anybody listening knows of a good retailer that wants some quality, great anti-inflammatory granola, we are gluten-free uh, oats as well, um, hit us up. DM me or something. Um, you know, it's me that you'll be talking to. And, um, and you know, we would love to. Uh, trying to get the word out there of just you know follow I don't know I tell people just follow your passion and I don't see myself as anybody special or doing anything extraordinary or anything so I feel like if I can do what I'm doing then I think other people can as well you know yeah. getting out there and enjoying life yeah great advice great advice 
All right, Adam. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on and yeah. talk to us. You know, I'm, and like I said, I know this is Modern Cowboy Podcast, but, you know, it takes a lot of grit, determination, and uh, individualism, and, and uh, you know, uh, just strength and skill to, to do what you do. And that, that's involved in the rodeo lifestyle and, and cowboy lifestyle as well. So uh, just uh, glad we could have you on. I'm, I'm glad I met you out there. And uh, yeah. And check out uh, Adam's product too, because I, I've I've had the granola, I've ate it, it's great, uh, and I highly recommend it. Um, it's a great alternative for you know super processed foods. So check them out and support them there. And yeah, you bet, Adam. And I, again, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I had blast. Yeah, very cool. cool. Yeah. So you have a great day. We'll be in touch, and uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple podcast, click on the show, Scroll down to rate and review and give us a five spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you are interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com. Give her hell, he never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies. Kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no play your speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pen of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at.